Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 175, how you're living in the past and you're not realizing it. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. This, um, this episode was inspired by one of the very first calls of the fall Little School of Big Change six-week course that is now over as I record this, but um, it was an amazing group and every group is so amazing, but I don't know, so much happened in these six weeks for so many people. Um, but in one of our very first calls, it may have been the first one, may have been the second one, um, way back in early September, there was there were several moments where I people were asking questions, making comments, you know, doing what we do on those calls, and every single person who shared uh, or asked a question, it was so clear to me in that moment how that person was in the past, how they weren't in. They weren't asking a question, and maybe that right there is a misnomer. Like maybe it's not even possible to ask a question in or from this moment. Maybe by the time we're even asking a question, we're already in our heads. We're already in the past. But but we went around as we do on these calls, and it was like, oh, that's holding on to something old. Oh, yeah, right there. That's bringing in something old. Oh, there we go again, holding on, dragging something old through time. And I thought it would be really helpful to just talk through a few of those examples, um, just so we everybody can see like, wow, these are the ways that our mind drags the past through time, carries it around, uh, tries to throw it into the future, <laughs> tries to throw it into the present. And we wonder why we feel stuck or we wonder why we feel so weighed down and not light and free and unburdened. It's because we are burdened. We are burdened by thought that looks real that is not even now. I mean, it's it's now when we're feeling it now, but it, but it's full of assumption and memory and old beliefs and so much stuff that just, uh, just gets in the way. So... Um, First, I guess, before I go into some of these examples, it it is kind of interesting that, you know, when we're in thought, we are in the past. Now, you might say that that thought is always in the past or future, which, which makes sense. But I think when we say that, we're talking about the content of thought. The content of thought is always past or future. It's always it's always either, you know, thinking about what's done and over. And when I say done and over, it may be done and over a millisecond ago, but it's done and over. Or it's talking about, thinking about, planning for what, what it expects to come. And this is just how thought works. It's just what it does. Like it's its job, you know, it's not, it's it does it doesn't 
even know that there's a present moment. It's just a computer that's scanning backward and forward, backward and forward. And ultimately, as you all know by now, our brain is just trying to predict the future to keep us alive. So to predict the future, it has to look to the past. That's the only thing it knows to to base any future predictions on. So it's this constant backward, forward, backward, forward um, kind of conversation that's happening. So although we might say that, yeah, content of thought is always in some way, even again, if it's a millisecond ago or a millisecond from now, it's always past or future. There's a way I think in which just, just the fact of thinking, like just the experience of thought is always about the past because what thought is, is a reflection of something. It's a it's a representation of something, a representation. Now that's clear when we're talking about like a memory. If you have a memory right now about when you were 5 years old, there's a representation of of some old sensory data that says that has a picture and probably some sounds and whatever of you at 5 showing up in your head. <clears throat> so we can see that clearly when it's a memory and especially when it's an older memory like that, that it's a representation. But even now, again, even the way that thought filters what our senses are taking in and and creates this perception right now in the moment, the filter is about the past, the way that we make sense, the way that I'm sitting in front of a microphone and a laptop right now and I know what to do is is because the past is here because <laughs> I've done this before and I know what this thing called podcasting is and I've learned all this. Now, I obviously don't have to consciously bring all that up and walk myself through it. It's automatic at this point, but the body mind knows all this. It can pull this thing and plug it in and I start talking into it, you know? So that's that's about the past. It doesn't mean I'm not present, you know? I mean, we're always present. It do, It's not a bad thing is what I'm trying to say. It's not like, it's not a bad thing. This is not one of the ways in which the past weighs us down. But it is just to say that when we're thinking in thought, we are in the past. So Sometimes and a lot of the time, it's incredibly helpful and perhaps necessary, although I'm not sure about that, um, for us to get through life, for us to just navigate this world that the past comes with us in some way. And a lot of times, we all know this, that it's far beyond necessary. We are carrying a past with us and it does feel heavy and limiting and like a burden and it's and it's absolutely not necessary at all it's just a habit it's just the body mind you know trying to help us out and predict things and just carrying around old habitual stuff that doesn't serve us and our suffering wakes us up to that our heaviness the heaviness of it wakes us up to that's what's going on so anytime we're in thought there's the past there in one way or another and, you know, you might say that we're always in thought. And I think it's true that as physical human beings, there's always thought happening. As long as we're alive, there's thought happening. But there's a lot of ways to be with thought. 
You know, we can be in thought, we can be completely identified with it, immersed in it, fully in this character and the storylines that are playing out as if this is all there is, which we are often, or or there can be thoughts showing up that we're not like that with, that we're not so immersed in and and identified with. And, you know, that's a, that's a different experience that feels very different. It's a different way of, of being in life. And, and we have that at times too. I think we, most people, unless you are in this uh, never-ending sense of, of awareness, which I think probably relatively few people are always in that place, we kind of bounce back and forth a little bit. We get identified. And then again, especially those of you listening to this podcast, probably have quite a few moments where you're like, oh, that's a thought. There I am thinking, I'm making that up. Whatever it sounds like in your head, we we have these glimpses, hopefully often, and, and they can be more and more often where we see, oh, that was just identification with thought that, that that's not all there is. So let me share some of these examples because I think they're really interesting. They aren't necessarily... Uh, examples of things that you would think like, oh, there's a person living in the past. But again, on that particular day, as I heard this, it was uh, it was really clear that that's what was going on. Okay, so the first one was um, a really nice guy. I, I'm not going to use their names, obviously, here. But a guy who, um, again, was new. At, uh, this is one of the first calls. So he came to the course and was sort of um, like, okay, here's what I'm dealing with. And he told a story of um, being a, a really free, happy, you know, kind of had a nice life. Um, and then COVID happened. And oh, he told about all the things that happened in COVID and how, you know, he was locked down and started to get scared and all of this stuff. And, and, he said the way he tells the story is that something something then shifted in covid during that lockdown period and now although his life is a little bit more like it was pre covid there was something the way he would tell it would would be essentially like there was something that happened in that time like a year ago or whatever um that has stuck with me and changed me this thing that happened, like some shift happened within me due to lockdown a year ago, and it is still here, even though I'm, I'm, you know, my circumstances have changed. And on the one hand, <laughs> this is the most, on the one hand, he's just telling a story that is so logical and it follows the human rules of storytelling, right? It, it, it gives the before, it sets up the problem, it, you know, introduces the problem, it implies a cause and effect, maybe more than implies. I think he was flat out saying like COVID made me anxious, you know, all of these things happened, my mind started racing and it's because of being in lockdown. And ever since then, my mind is still racing in the same way. So his issue was anxiety related. Um, this anxiety is still here. And it started in that moment because of this thing and I don't know how to make it go away. So it had all the totally normal human 
elements of a good story, including the causation piece in there. And that's exactly, exactly how a mind would present it. You know, that's exactly how a narrator would tell this story. From that viewpoint, from that that normal human conversation kind of kind of viewpoint, like, okay, of course, of course, yeah, this is what happened. You got anxious during lockdown and the anxiety's still here. But what I what I saw as he was telling this story was a guy who is totally healthy, not an anxious person, right? Has some anxious experience moving through him, or even that's not accurate. He has some, he has some energy. He has a, a mind racing that is mind. Then also part of that same mind calls my anxiety, and in his case, it was calling it my lockdown related anxiety. You know, it had a lot on it, a lot on it, and again, a lot of that cause and effect was built into what he was presenting as the problem. So this is the anxiety that started for me during lockdown that remains, and it's a problem, and it needs to change. That was, that's what his mind was saying. But as I saw him sitting there talking in that moment, it's like, wow, here's a healthy person identifying with thought right now. Period. And, you know, this is, uh, I'm just using his, uh, him as an example, but truly, this is always the case for everyone all the time. There's a healthy person right in front of you, not a problem in the world, but their mind is telling a very me-centered, problematic story and they're bought into it. And and that is the only thing that's ever going on. You can see how easy it is, in a sense, to coach people from this place, like to really to be a coach with this understanding. It's like, okay, everyone's literally up against the exact same thing. Now, there, of course, are nuances in the story and how they feel and their their willingness to kind of see it differently and all that stuff. Wonderful. But it's the same problem for every single person. So that was so clear in him. And it was also so clear that him believing, him having this big, you know, cause and effect story about how this thing in the past created his current problem was just making it so much harder and look so much more complicated to him. So it just really struck me as an example of like, wow, He's not living in the past. He's living in right now. He's living in a current moment story. But he's but that story is is all about something that happened before being the cause of how he feels and that's a lie. It's just it's just it's just the way a mind talks. Okay, so that's one of them. I might revisit these a little bit. But that was one of these stories. Um and I hope you can feel how much freedom there is in seeing, if he can see, when he can see, oh no, this isn't about all that stuff. See, if it's about, if his anxiety right now today is about something that took place during lockdown that remains, man, that's hard. I don't know what to do with that. He sure as heck didn't know what to do with that. But if, but if it's about I'm believing this chain of events right this minute. And when I do, I feel anxious. And, and you know, maybe, 
maybe this anxious energy shows up and the story about the chain of events isn't there. That's fine. That's fine. Even so, okay, well, I'm here now in this moment feeling a bunch of energy. Very, very different than I'm here now in this moment feeling a bunch of energy that started a year ago and has haunted me ever since. (laughs) I mean, totally, completely. And again, I I say this with absolutely no... um, not being dismissive of the story and how totally logical and obvious these stories are to us. There was not a single shred of any of us that that could look at him and say, oh, well, that's a crazy story. It's not a crazy story. It's a completely believable story. It, it looks so totally logical. Every human mind on earth does this. Every human mind on earth draw connects what we're feeling to some other thing all the time because it's wanting that's what a brain does it wants to prevent it in the future so it needs to know what caused it so again there's nothing on him nothing it's not the least bit personal this is just what a mind does and and at the exact same time that's not at all what's going on it's he's he's feeling energy and then there's a big uh explanation being given to it and believing that explanation is what's keeping him feeling stuck in it. Okay. So another one, uh, going in a different direction, but on the same call, I believe. Um, and again, I know I've said this several times, but this, uh, it's really worth saying because we recently finished this course and I know all of these people and they all see things really, really differently now. So this was like our very first call. So this is like when we're, kind of going around, they're starting to starting to look in this direction, but still sort of feeling that need to present what they came with, you know, what they signed up with, um, just to kind of put their quote unquote problem out there. So the other one was um, a woman who was asking about um, how this understanding or how this course was going to help her get all the stuff that she wanted to get. And I don't like how I just said that, but like she talked about having a vision board and like having goals and having dreams, you know, and, and there's a great question. I mean, just really curious, like, are we going to talk about these things? Like, does this even inform that? Are they too totally, to, you know, is this understanding or the little school of big change uh, opposed to vision boards? <laughs> is it aligned with the vision boards? Like, does it matter? Where's the overlap there? And this one might sound a little more obvious to you listening, but again, it was like just so incredibly striking. Like this is what our mind does. It decides along the way what we want, what we like, what's going to make us happy. Not a single thing in the world wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with anything, but there's nothing wrong with that either. And then it says, Ooh, yeah, that just got me a little excited. I'd love to go to Greece or, you know, buy a new house or something, have have a start a great new relationship. Let me hold on to that. Let me milk that. Let me put it on a board. Let me, let me carry it through time. And again, I, there's nothing wrong with that either. There's nothing wrong with that. But, but in the process of that, sometimes, most of the time, I would argue, in the process of that, what starts to happen is it's is 
is now there's even more that gets folded into like, oh, well, when this happens, then I'll be happy. You know, like, oh, it hasn't happened yet. And, you know, all of that stuff that we're all very familiar with. But it was so clear. Now, here we were just starting off this course. I'm, we're leaning into this place of like, let's be really dumb. This is kind of how I kick things off. It's all ultimately this conversation is about questioning everything that you think. Questioning, I don't mean that in a strategic like process kind of way, but but being willing to be wrong about all the stuff that we believe because it's only a belief, it's only a thought believed or a thought identified with that can ever possibly cause suffering. Nothing else in the universe ever causes suffering but a thought believed a thought identified with. So in that way, we start off the little school of big change and and even these conversations, anything, like let's let's kind of set aside everything we think we know. We talk about being dumb and curious and stepping into something that that is not what our mind can think it is. And then, of course, here come all the questions about this thing happened to me a year ago and it's still haunting me. And what about my vision board? I want those things. How am I going to get them? And, you know, so it's just a, such a, um, it's just a, a striking kind of contrast in a sense. And I, I, again, I get that it's not like that for everyone right off the bat. It's totally not. But it was really fascinating to see like, hey, we're looking toward this source of anything and everything. And it's still vague for sure, but we're looking there. We're considering maybe there even is a source that that contains everything and nothing. That is the essence of all things. And then how a mind will say, okay, fine, but I've already decided what's going to make me happy, <laughs> what's where my freedom's going to come from. And it's going to be, you know, that new relationship and that trip to Greece and that new house or that great job or whatever losing 20 pounds, like whatever it is. So can we, can we talk about that too? You know, and it just, um, it's an interesting way to see how the past is coming up all the time. Now, again, like have your vision boards, do whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter. But I guess just, I guess just see how past based that is. And how our mind will loves to hold on to something that feels somewhat solid and real and especially helpful or survival based, um, you know, and just toss it into the future and toss it into the future and toss it into. No, this is what you want. Remember, this is what we're going for. Remember, I mean, that's just a mind's playground. Like it loves the the false sense of security that it gets from that. It loves the false sense of yeah safety and survival that gets built into all of this stuff and maybe there's even better even more like may, like everything we could ever want in not knowing that stuff and not holding on to that okay so the third one was interesting um it it came up a little bit after the call, right after the call, I think, on our forum, where someone had, uh, and this is always many people every time because this is just so natural and human, but um, had kind of come into the course thinking like, yeah, I've tried everything and nothing works for me. 
I'm that person where I've tried everything and nothing ever works and I never hear anything new. And, you know, this is probably going to be more of the same, but I guess I'll try it anyway because what do I have to lose? So that sounds kind of negative, but I don't, I, I lived that way for years. I lived that way for at least eight solid years as I was trying to get through my eating disorder that, I mean, I truly came to everything with that that kind of lens because that's just how it looked. I, I had so much evidence for it. That's how it felt. That's how it looked. Like, what the heck? It's almost like I couldn't, my mind kind of said, okay, you either have to have this chip on your shoulder and just be that person who's tried everything and nothing works for me, or or you have to try something brand new, or you have to look in a totally different direction. And I, I think I kind of was afraid of that. It was easier to just say, yeah, yeah, nothing works for me. So I'm not putting that on anyone else, but that's how it was for me. I'll just say that to say that I completely relate. And many, many people are in this place, I think, where, yeah, I've tried everything. Your school's no different, but I'll pay for it and do it anyway. So that's where this person was. Um, they came on the forum. They said, I listened to the call. I even listened to the call with nothing on my mind. I was super dumb. I was, uh, you know, I, I wasn't trying too hard. I, I was like totally open, completely open, not bringing any baggage with me. And what I heard was the same stuff I always hear. And here I am again, that person who nothing ever works for. And it was so clear, again, maybe it is to you as you listen, like, wow, how could it possibly be if that person came to the call, then then there wasn't openness. There wasn't a being dumb. There wasn't a setting all that aside. Now, again, to their credit, like, of course, that's what they feel like. And I, I, I know that feeling. Like, no, what do you mean? I am open. Yet somewhere in there, it's like, yeah, but I've heard all this before. This doesn't help me. This doesn't work for me. I'm different. All of that kind of stuff is there. For, for this call, this particular call, any call, for any conversation, to feel exactly like everything you've always heard before, there kind of has to be the past coming along, you know, there has to be this thick filter of the past coming along, tainting everything. For for throughout that entire experience, these thoughts about I'm that person and here we go again, for those to be arising, it's just good to see it for what it is. Like that's not openness. That's a that's a mind cluttered with the past. And we miss it, of course, because we we're well intentioned and we we really are trying to be open, you know, we really want to be open. And yet a mind will bring in the past. So this isn't about doing anything wrong or doing anything, but just seeing when when we're in that place. And then it's like, yeah, here we go again. Okay, right there, right there, past is there. You're not open. Fine, fine, no big deal, but see it. And then that thought will fall away. And then maybe you feel into the openness again. Then maybe it'll come back. Oh yeah, I've heard this before. There you go. Right there. Again, there's the past. No big deal. <laughs> it happens. Let it, it'll fall away. It'll, it'll move on its way. Then maybe you feel into the openness again. You know, so it's just kind of that simple to see that. And this is always happening for us again, because it's a function of our brain and it's how thought, how thought 
manifests. But it's good to know. It's good to know. And I thought these were, were three pretty different, but really kind of relatable and kind of uh, interesting examples of how how a mind is always bringing the past around and it doesn't look like it. Because we might say living in the past is, you know, replaying old things that happened and or, or consciously revisiting old memories or like whatever that is. But it, there's that, that happens. But it, it's it's a little more subtle. <laughs> it's showing up all the time in these more subtle ways. And it's just really, really cool to notice that, to see it for what it is. You know, in a, in a really big way, everything that brings people into the school, habits, anxiety, anything, is by definition living in the past. I mean, a habit, I'm sure I've talked about this here before, a habit is the past. It's, it is the past and the future. It's saying it's it's our mind, you know, we're just experiencing what's here in this very moment. Our sensory experience, our thought experience is what's here in this very moment. And then layered on top of that is a line of a linear line of thinking that says this always happens. Here it is again. And almost always, and that means XYZ for the future. Here it is again. And whether we think it or it's just implied, and it's gonna continue on. And that's where the suffering and a habit comes from. I mean, without that, you're just experiencing something, right? You're just in life. You're just, whatever's there is there. For it to be a habit, by definition, there's a story. There's a lot of old memory, a lot of past and future baked into that. Same with anything, same with anxiety or depression. If it's depression, it's there's implied in that the way our mind is conceptualized that there's a big story about how long and what's coming. Otherwise, it's just, I feel sad or I feel depressed. But depression, you know, chronic anxiety, I've had this anxiety for this long. It requires all of that story. And again, I don't want to make this sound like oh, just stop telling that, like as if that's her choice. It's not. It's not. Your mind will do that. And I don't want to make it sound like that story is wrong or it's the problem or it's why you're suffering. I mean, it is why you're suffering. But again, you aren't doing it. It's just like seeing it. It's not to, it's not to be totally ignorant of how things look as a human being. I mean, yes, we totally use this language. I do too. Everybody does all the time. You have habits. You you have anxiety, you have depression, like it just looks that way. And that's not the end of the story, you know, and that is one perceptual experience that, that we have as humans, but it is not the truth. It is not the full truth of things. There are other, other ways of seeing this, other, other realities about it, I guess, that are just as true, maybe more true. If you think about it, I mean, every single thing that we know about ourselves is about the past. If someone asks you something about yourself, who are you? What's, what do you like? What's your life like? You know, tell me who you are. Tell me about yourself. There is nothing 
in our immediate sensory experience that can answer that question. Now, we we have to go to thought to answer that question. So when I say, I I kind of think of thought as one of the senses a little bit, but, um, you know, there's no taste, no sight, no smell that's going to answer the question of who you are. None of that knows anything about who you are. To answer the question of who you are, to talk about yourself, to have a sense of yourself, you have to go up in thought. And if you notice, again, it will be very, very heavily past-based and maybe a little future-based. I was born here. I'm married. There's no married in present moment experience. Even if you're sitting next to the person you're married to, holding their hand, there's that's not. You're just holding a hand. You're not even holding a hand, really, without thought. You're, there's just something sensed there, right? You, you can see your partner, but he's not your husband. It's husband and married and all of that requires a lot of thought. It's all about the past. You remember a day when that happened. All of our roles are like that. Personality in this moment. Are you outgoing? Are you happy? Are you sad? I mean, you can sense what's there. But it takes thought and memory going into the past to say anything about who we are. I think that's kind of crazy. Don't you think that's insane? I mean, really, there is nothing right now here in this moment that says anything about us. It's all about the past. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's pretty cool. If that doesn't start to shake up these ideas of, uh, of you know, who we think we are and how solid and real and current and relevant all of that feels. I don't know what does, you know, identities are wonderful. Just know that they're, they're based on stuff that's dead, <laughs> based, based on stuff that's done and over with that is right now in this moment, a representation, a representation of old thought and old sensory information and you know, that's what we need to refer to to even talk about who we are. So I hope this has um, been interesting. I love this conversation. I think it's so cool to see all these ways that the past creeps into now and, and our lives and that we don't even notice, you know, not just the typical ones, but some of these are kind of sneaky, but it's so fascinating to see. And again, at my, I think a topic like this can feel a little hopeless or I don't know, it might bring you down. I hope it doesn't. What I love in this, like why I get giddy talking about this stuff is it's like, oh my gosh, like things are not as they appear. And that goes for pretty much every episode of this podcast that I ever record. It's like, that's kind of the bottom line. Like, wow, it's not how we think it is. And if it's not how we think it is, Oh, I just get so much lighter and freer and more curious and more fun. <laughs> There's just, we're not locked into anything if things aren't as we thought they were. So I hope you feel a little bit of that as you listen to this. Thanks for listening. If you want to help people end habits or find freedom from anxiety and needless worry, I can teach you how in the Change Coach Training and Certification Program beginning in January 2022. This program is unlike any other in terms of the personal feedback, guidance, and support you'll receive. 
Seats are limited and they're filling quickly. So check out all the details at dramyjohnson.com slash change coach training certification. And I'll put that link in the show notes. You can also hear more about the program from people who have actually been through it. If you check out the replay of the webinar I did a couple weeks ago. So you can find that replay at dramyjohnson.com slash change coach webinar 2021. And again, that link is in the show notes.